It's Monday, June the 22nd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, a US attorney's departure and stabbings in Britain. First, the world in brief. President Donald Trump sacked one of America's most prominent federal prosecutors, bringing to a close a standoff between the Justice Department and Jeffrey Berman, US Attorney for the Southern District of New York. Mr. Berman at first refused to quit, but departed on Saturday evening. His office has been investigating Rudy Giuliani, Mr. Trump's personal lawyer. On the same evening, turnout at a much-hyped rally for Mr. Trump in Tulsa, Oklahoma, was unexpectedly low. The president's staff had billed it as a reset of his campaign post-lockdown. The World Health Organization reported a record daily increase in the number of COVID-19 cases. Over 183,000 new infections were recorded, most of them in the United States or Latin America. Brazil's coronavirus death count breached 50,000 this weekend. In Brasilia, the capital, demonstrators marching against President Jair Bolsonaro had to be kept apart from a pro-Bolsonaro rally. Officials in Afghanistan said on Sunday that Taliban militants had kidnapped around 60 people over the past week, as America and other countries looked to begin intra-Afghan peace negotiations. Mohammed Ali Uruzgani, the deputy governor of Daykundi province, said 26 hostages from the central region had been released and that tribal elders were working to free more. British police said that they were treating a stabbing attack at a parking Reading in southern England on Saturday evening as a terrorist incident. Three people were killed and a number wounded. Police said that a Libyan-born local man whom they arrested appeared to have been acting alone. Rioters smashed up the German city of Stuttgart. Violence erupted in the early hours of Sunday morning after police tried to carry out drug searches in the main square. Some 500 people rampaged fighting with police and looting shops. 24 were arrested, half of them German nationals. Police said the people were members of the party and event scene. Vladimir Putin said he would consider running for a fifth term as Russia's president when his current one ends in 2024, according to Russian media. The current constitution bars him from seeking another, but Russians will vote between June 25th and July 1st on changes that would allow Mr Putin to run for two more six-year terms. And Pope Francis called for greater environmental awareness as countries lift their coronavirus restrictions, noting that global lockdowns have had the positive effect of reducing pollution, noise and traffic. Speaking before pilgrims in St Peter's Square, which reopened a month ago, the Pope called on the faithful to reconsider holding any financial investments in the fossil fuel industries. And now, here's today's agenda. Back to the office, Wall Street reopens. Manhattan skyscrapers, stacked with dozens of floors of office space, have sat mostly empty since March. They will get a little fuller today when New York City enters its second phase of reopening, which permits firms to return white-collar workers to their offices. Banks are keen to bring back traders. The technology and communications available to them at home just aren't as good. Some from Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan Chase, for example, will be back at their desks. However, most of the city's office dwellers will stay away for now. Citigroup will keep nearly all of its employees, save for its own traders and support staff, at home until September. American Express will allow employees to work remotely for the rest of the year. Commercial landlords will anxiously watch how many tenants return during the summer and how many will downsize in favour of keeping workers remote to cut costs. The Rise of the Homebody 
America's housing market. Economists will be closely watching figures for existing home sales in May, which are due to be published this morning. They fell precipitously in March and April as lockdowns took hold and people no longer fancied poking around a stranger's pad. A run of recent data has suggested that the American economy is now recovering. The housing market may take longer to get going, since such purchases take time. Yet the focus on month-to-month figures misses the bigger picture. Americans move house a lot less frequently than they once did. Even in 2019, at the top of the business cycle, housing sales were below their level of the late 1970s, when the population was far smaller. One reason is that cities are not building as many houses as they were, but a slow housing market constrains the reallocation of workers holding the economy back. Four wheels bad. London ramps up its congestion charge. Boris Johnson became Mayor of London in 2008 after campaigning against the congestion charge, which is paid by cars and lorries entering the middle of the city. In office, he shrank the charging zone by half. But today, at the instigation of a government led by Mr Johnson, the daily rate will rise from £11.50 to £15, and it will be imposed every day. Previously, drivers had been exempt at weekends. What is going on? Partly, the Conservative government is sticking it to the Labour Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan. He came begging after Transport for London, which runs public transport, was hammered economically by COVID-19. Partly too, the government worries about a resurgence of driving. Before the lockdown began, more than a third of trips in London were on public transport. If most of those people jump in cars to avoid the virus, London will have a Mumbai-style traffic problem. Reaching the summit, China and the EU. Leaders from the EU and China will sit across from each other, digitally at least, for a summit later today. Relations between the two sides are tricky. A much-awaited face-to-face meeting between all 27 EU leaders and China's President Xi Jinping planned for September was nixed earlier this month. Officially, the reason was COVID-19. In reality, China had refused to pledge to open its own markets as part of a proposed investment treaty between the two economies. When this was coupled with a crackdown in Hong Kong and annoyance at China's handling of the coronavirus, European diplomats thought it best to scrap the whole thing. The summit will be put forward as proof that EU-Chinese relations are still functioning. The EU is attempting to forge its own path on China, as the Americans and the Chinese engage in an increasingly ill-tempered geopolitical scrap. Monday will provide one of the first tests of how this effort is going. Awkward distance. Japan's shareholder meetings. The annual shareholder meeting season in Japan swings into full gear with nearly 1,700 companies gathering this week. Before getting down to the details of their businesses, executives have had to work out how to get down to business safely. Japanese law requires public firms to hold yearly shareholder meetings at a physical location. The gatherings are typically the sort of long crowded affairs untenable under COVID-19. Several companies ask shareholders to refrain from attending. Others will take extra precautions, such as spaced-out seating and temperature checks. Although many will livestream the events, few have the infrastructure for virtual voting. Companies may get a break from investors for slacking on their returns during the pandemic, but they will face pressure on long-standing questions of corporate governance. Several foreign institutional investors have indicated they plan to be especially demanding on matters such as gender diversity and climate change. Some companies may wish more had stayed at home. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Judy Garland, 
who died on this day in 1969. Always be a first-rate version of yourself, instead of a second-rate version of somebody else. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.